Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi loves, welcome back to Not Basic Blonde podcast and this episode is very interesting and meaningful because my guest is co-founder of Bibles for Millennials. His name is Brian Chan and Alabaster Co. is the Bibles for Millennials. It was featured in Forbes in all the major news sources. So tune in guys, this episode is very interesting. Hi Brian, welcome to Not Basic Blonde podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. How are you today? Good, good. Doing very well. How about you? I'm fine, thank you. We can just start. Would you please tell our listeners about yourself? Yeah, so my name again is Brian Chung. Um, I'm originally from Hawaii, uh, but now I live in Los Angeles, California. Um, I'm one of the co-founders of a company called Alabaster, and we are a faith-based publishing company. Uh, we make Bibles that mo- look more like art books or coffee table books. Um, Forbes calls our books high-end and visually beautiful. Um, Vanity Fair calls our books Bibles for Millennial. Uh, and Vox calls our books soothing, treating, and even inspiring. So that's a little bit about me and uh, what I do. How did you decide to launch Alabaster? Yeah, so prior to Alabaster, I was working uh, in the nonprofit world. Um, and... Uh, well, a little bit backstory. So a little bit about me. I didn't, I didn't grow up Christian. I grew up Buddhist. And I remember um, I became a Christian in college. And I remember getting my first Bible as a Christian. And I was super excited, but also a little intimidated. Um, it was this left, uh, black, dark purple Bible. I flipped it open. The first couple pages were things to fill out. It was about um, the translation of the Bible. It wasn't the story of the Bible. Uh, the text was really small. It was on multiple columns. Some words were in black, some words were in red. I didn't know why that was. Um, and 
And on top of that, it was on really, really thin paper. And so um, it was just unlike any other book that I had gotten. And uh, sitting next to me uh, was my marketing textbook. And it was designed like a magazine. And for the first time in college, super excited to read my college textbook. Um, and I just thought, could the Bible you know, be de designed differently? Um, and so I didn't do anything about that um, until 10 years later uh, while I'm working for uh, a Christian nonprofit. Um, I'm having this conversation uh, with one of my friends and he uh, eventually becomes a co-founder of the business. His name is also Brian Chung. We're not related at all. Um, just coincidence. And we were talking about the, just the things that we were interested in, which is um, art, um, business, and faith. And he had some ideas. And I was like, hey, like, let me show you this story about my first experience with the Bible. Um, what if we designed the Bible beautifully? Um, what if we designed it to look more like an, a magazine or a coffee table book? And his eyes lit up. Uh, he got really, really excited. And so uh, he was like, let's just do it. Let's, let's launch a Kickstarter together. And I was like, okay, you know, I have no idea what I'm, what I'm doing. I've never made a book before, uh, but let's just go for it. So we designed a couple different pages. We went in Los Angeles uh, to print a couple pages. Uh, we made a little mock-ups of the book. And so like 12 pages were printed, the rest were all blank. And we made a little video. Um, we thought it was a good idea to not tell anyone about the Kickstarter until a couple days before, which we've learned is, isn't your typical like Kickstarter strategy. But again, we had no idea what we were doing. But we just put it up on there. We had a goal about $35,000. And I think it was within like a week or 10 days, we, we met the goal. And um, it just sort of kept going and going. We, we made it into some national press. And this little side project turned into uh, something a little bit bigger than that. So we launched in 2016. It wasn't until 2017 where uh, we delivered the product. And um, it wasn't, it was 2018 where we thought, hey, like, could we, could we turn this into an actual business? And so me and my business partner, Brian, we decided to go part-time. So working somewhere else part-time while working Alabaster part-time. Um, and it wasn't until 2019 where we took the risk and decided to go full-time with Alabaster. Wow, that's an amazing story behind it. But how did you become Christian? How did you decide to become Christian? Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a good question. So uh, um, again, you know, I, I, I grew up Buddhist. I went to a Catholic middle school. And I remember going back home and just always having this tension of, uh, you know, my, I was raised one religion. I'm going to school where they're teaching us a different religion. And so coming into college, I, I decided to become agnostic, which is sort of like spiritual, like not really believing in any God per se, but um, just being a spiritual person. Um, I remember, uh, you know, I, I came to college wanting to do a lot of college things. So I joined a fraternity. I um, yeah, went to different events and parties and organizations. And uh, halfway through sort of the, the fraternity pledging process, I ended up de-pledging. And usually around that your freshman year, like, you know, people have already sort of set friend groups. And uh, because I sort of left the fraternity, I was trying to figure out like, okay, where do I belong? Where do I fit in? And the people that really welcomed me in were uh, a 
group of nice people that happen to be Christian. And so uh, that made me just sort of like ask a lot of questions because, you know, I was, I didn't believe in Christianity at the time. And in fact, I had thought that Christians were a bunch of um, hypocrites. Um, and uh, how they lived their life made me ask a little bit more questions. And so, uh, you know, I started as an adult, like, or, you know, when you're young, I think when you think about religion, it's often influenced by um, either your parents parents or the culture or what media might say about it and I think in college where I was away from my family I was you know in a city by myself um, I decided hey like I want to be able to learn about God and faith as an adult and form my own opinion about it so that's when I started to to learn about it on my own I started to actually like read the Bible for myself I remember there was this one time where I was like, having a conversation with a friend and they were like hey you should consider like just praying and asking god to show up if he was real and i'm like you know what i have nothing to lose and so i decided to like hey i was like hey god if you're real show up and god answered some of my prayers and um i think for me it was like okay this is either like really coincidental or this is something sort of coming from from god and uh it wasn't until after my freshman year so where i went uh, where I went back home in the summer where I decided, Hey, like, oh, this is something that I want to do. And it's a religion that I want to follow. And yeah, I decided to become a Christian after my freshman year. Did you have any challenges on your way to success when you launched your brand? Like, how was it? Was it a smooth ride or you had so many challenges? Yeah. I mean, so I would say every day as like a business or an entrepreneur, there, there are all, always challenges. Um, uh, but I would say probably the, the biggest one happened after our first, uh, printing. So we had, uh, you know, designed, designed the, we released four books, the, they're called the gospel. So there's the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so there are four different accounts of the story of Jesus. And, um, that was for the Kickstarter. And so we printed all of them. We shipped them all out. We were so excited. And, a couple of days after um, it started being delivered, um, we got got note from our friends saying like, hey, like, did you notice that there are actually some verses from the Bible that are missing? And I was like, wait, what? Uh, that's a little concerning to me. We, we looked it up. We, we like flipped, it was through the book of Mark. We flipped through it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, there are things that are missing and how did this happen? So we had talked with our printer. There was just something wrong with our file. And we had this dilemma of like, what should we do? You know, should we let people know about it? Um, should we just reprint it? Should we only like send a new version to people who complain? Like, what should we do? What should we do? And I think it was really a test of, our like integrity as a business or how to, or sort of our values as a business. Um, and ultimately we had decided like, all right, let's, um, let's reprint it, even though that's going to be really costly for us. And also let's reship it um, all on us. And so uh, that was probably one of the biggest mistakes um, or I think things that like was, was challenging for us, but I think it really just like showed us like, Oh, here are the things that we really, really care about and the values that we want to live by as a company. 
Yeah, when you launch a new business, it's always scary when some challenges like this happen, especially for a startup. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. was the turning point? Like, how did you decide to go full time with Alabaster? Uh, that's a good question. Um, well, uh, so I think in 2018, like we were we were considering it. That's when we were part time. We were just struggling with like our, our time always felt torn. Right, like we were, um, we were, our minds like half the time were were building alabaster, half the time was just trying to like like make a living, um, and I think uh, it wasn't until the end of 2018 where we're like, okay, like what should we do? Can we actually like afford to go full time? And I think there's like a lot of things. Wait, because you know, like when when you're running your own business, like. The question is like, are you going to, how, how much do you want to pay yourself? Um, that's going to actually take cash out of the business. There are a lot of things we're considering. One, like, should we take a loan? Uh, two, should we actually start seeking investing for it? And ultimately, uh, what had happened was uh, we were actually approached by an investor. And it was just sort of like a little dance for us. Like, he was just trying to see like, hey, should, should I invest? Estin Alabaster, and we were like, do we want this person to be a partner in the business? Um, ultimately, towards the end of 2018, we decided like, hey, I think, I think we're, we're going to be like, we want to like bring this person on as an investor. And um, so in that investor meeting, he said to us, okay, the only caveat is both you and your business partner, you got to go full time. Um, and so I think that's, that was sort of like, it was like a, things that we've already been thinking about, but also our investors sort of pushed us there. And so I think that helped us go full time with the business. Yeah, it's definitely hard in this turning point. Like when, when are you going to actually go full time and accept the fact that you're not going to pay yourself? I mean, most of the yeah. viewers don't pay themselves for like first yeah. three to five years. It depends, of course, on the business. But yeah. yeah. It's like you're really taking a risk in this kind of situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was it was uh, definitely challenging for us. But I, I mean, ever since we took the risk and we went full time, um, you just sort of see the significant impact and change that does in that business. And I, I would say like most entrepreneurs would would agree and feel the same way. Like as soon as we went full time, like our our business like grew five x. And I don't think that would have happened unless we put like a hundred percent of our energy yeah. towards the business. That's always a true, like you take a risk, but the reward will be higher, but you just have to like not be afraid and take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And based on your experience, what advice can you give entrepreneurs like how to launch a successful startup? Yeah. So, I mean, I get this question a lot and I've, the thing that I've realized was, I think, so yeah, I think in terms of launching a successful startup, I would say the biggest advice that I have is, is finding a problem and solving it. So I think a lot of times people go into to business or wanting to start a business to, to make money um, or to like rebrand a problem, like, like just quick and easy, like money. And I think that's always the, a bad place to go. I think we just want to think about like, what are some of the problems in the world? What is the problem that I face right now that I want to, to help solve or improve? Um, 
And I think at, when you do that, that's when you're able to launch a successful business because you're actually solving a problem in people's lives. Um, I think the second advice that I would also give is to just really go for it. So a lot of people come up to me with like, Brian, I have these really, really great ideas. What do you think? And you're sharing with me. And I'm like, that's a really, really good idea. I think you should go for it. And they're like, okay, what are some of the next steps? I give them some next steps, really practical, like talk to your customer, think about pricing, do some surveys. Here are some ways you can think about sourcing. Here are some ways you can think about funding and nothing happens. <laughs> they don't do anything with it. Um, and what I've learned over the years of my friends who are thinking about starting a business or people who have, who have thought about becoming their own boss is that there's oftentimes this fear of failure, fear, fear of making a mistake. And um, I totally get that. Um, but I think that is inevitable uh, once you become an entrepreneur. You're, you're going to fail, you're going to make a mistake. Uh, prior to Alabaster, there were a lot of business ideas that I was working on or I was partnering with, with, my, with my friends. Alabaster was just the one that really, really took off. And so I think sometimes when you see all these success stories about startup businesses, um, you think like, oh, like that was, that was their only one. Um, but in fact, there are many failures that have come before that. Um, and so, yeah, those would be the two sort of pieces of advice on like how to launch successful businesses. One, solve a problem, and then two, just go for it. Yeah, that's all true. Yeah, I mean, I, I think also like as I think about entrepreneurship, um, as I think about starting businesses, um, I think it's also really important to, to continually talk to your customer and see what the market wants, see what the customer wants. Um, I think sometimes we sort of make decisions very siloed. I remember um, in the launch of our business and the books that we were doing, right, we had launched the four gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Afterwards, we launched the book of Psalms. We had did a survey with our customers and they're like, hey, we want you to launch the book of Psalms. And uh, afterwards, we're like, hey, let's do the Book of Romans next because we like the Book of Romans. And we had launched, we launched it and it was, not many people bought it. And one of the lessons that we learned there was, you know, prior to the Book of Romans, we had asked our customers about everything. Like we did a survey for our initial Kickstarter. We did a survey for the Book of Psalms. We didn't talk to our customer or do a survey for the Book of Romans. From that moment on, we're like, okay, every time we were launch a, launch a product, we need to talk with the customer. We have to see what they're interested in, how much they're willing to pay for it, how much um, are they willing to buy it, what are some of the, the new problems that we can help solve. Um, and so I would say like, it's super important to continue to talk with your customer. I think also just one of the, the things that might not be talked about as an entrepreneur is just sort of like your state of your mental health. Um, when you're starting your own business, uh, work doesn't really, really end. Like you're, there's always going to be like more work, things to do. Um, the highs are really high. And they're like when we were, you know, made into national TV, I was like, that, this is like super awesome. Like I never would have imagined or dreamed that I'd be talking to millions of people on, on, on national TV. Uh, but there have been also moments where I know that when the pandemic hit, like sales really plummeted and I, we were, I was like, oh my gosh, like what's, what's going to happen? It can bring you to a really, really low place. And I think it's just important to just pay attention to your mental health, make sure you're doing what you need, whether that's physically, emotionally, even spiritually, um, to sort of take care of yourself. Because um, I think those things, the, the lows are just going to creep on you. And I think that can be really hard as an 
entrepreneur. Yep. How do you keep mental health in check? Yeah, so I would say right now, I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, I would say during this time, it's, you know, everything was just thrown on a loop, like the things that we were used to, the plans that we had for the year were just gone. Like, okay, like we can't, we had some dreams of what we wanted to accomplish. Like we had a production schedule and all of a sudden that changed overnight. And uh, also like how, like, you know, in Los Angeles, things are pretty intense here. And like my lifestyle changed overnight. Like I, prior to the pandemic, I, 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 you know, I woke up at 6.30, I went to the gym. I had some time in the morning to sort of like reflect and relax before the work day. Um, I, you know, I had a routine. I, I went, to, went to the office after work, I ate dinner, I walked my dog. Like I had this routine that sort of helped me um, and, and different practices that sort of helped me. Um, you know, on Sundays I would go to church, but just there, there are things now that like just aren't the same. Like I can't go to the gym anymore. <laughs> um, um, and so right now I'm just, I, I'm still trying to figure it out. One thing that I, I do in general is I take one day out of the week to actually, you know, not do any work. Um, again, like the work of an entrepreneur uh, is never ending. And I make sure my Saturdays are like not work days. Like I try my best. Like, don't look at email. Don't look at my Shopify store and sales. Like, don't look at my the business Instagram account. Like, I'm just going to, you know, spend time having fun, um, spend time reflecting, uh, spend time meditating. Um, just having time away from work has been has been good for me. Yeah, I try that too, but it's hard for me. <laughs> it's so yeah, it's so hard. <laughs> but then you don't yeah. have a change of scenery like you can't go anywhere you're home yep exactly yep yeah so it's like you're there and now i started to like have a day off but still that day off like i'm itching to check on something <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and what's the best way to find investors yeah so i think for us it uh, it took a different Form that I think traditionally a lot of people do it. So um, first, I'll say the different there are different platforms and things that you can use. So for us, like we initially started our business crowdfunding. So we use Kickstarter, we use Indiegogo um, to help fund our business. Um, there are other platforms like Sivest, which you can find investors um, to to give you a percentage for a percentage of your company. Um, uh, other people have applied for incubators. So uh, incubators are sort of uh, places where they help you grow your business and then later on you make, you make a presentation to a bunch of investors. Um, but I think for us, it's just mostly been networking and just getting to know people. So um, how we met our investor, we had launched our Book of Psalms in 2018 and we had a big launch party and it was super fun. It was a bunch of our friends. We made an open invite so anyone could invite whoever. It was at a cafe in Los Angeles. Uh, and we had uh, brought some of our products to sell, not thinking that we would sell a bunch, but just sort of like to have the people to look at because we had known most of our friends would probably have, have bought them already. End of the night, everything, all, like our, all the books that we brought were sold out and we were confused. We we're like, oh, who, who bought this? <laughs> like it couldn't have been our friends because our friends have already bought it. And the next day we get an email uh, from this guy named Daniel and he wants to meet up with us. Turns out he's the guy that, that basically bought all our, our books. That was how we met our now, now investor. And 
I think later on, you know, there have been other people that have approached us and wanting to invest. Uh, and I think, you know, when you produce a good product or a good company, um, you're just going to get people that want to want to talk to you, um, that are curious and wanting to invest in you. But like again, that has sort of all been through just networking and just meeting people. And later on, you just get people who are sort of asking and wanting to invest in your company. So that's that's been that's been our story. Wow, that's amazing. And I also believe that when you have product, that is great. And itself, itself, like it just, um, you don't even need to really advertise it. It just sells by itself. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. What is your favorite quote that you live by? Yeah, the quote that I live by. So there's a story in the Bible where you know people are asking Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And he says, uh, basically, love God, uh, love your brother as yourself. So sort of in paraphrase, you know, love God and love people. And I think that's just something that I try to live by every, every day. Um, and so when I think about love God, I think about like, hey, I want to like do um, honor him in just the things that I do. Um, and when I think about love people, I think like, what, would, what does it look like for me to treat the person in front of me with dignity, love and respect? Um, as I think about uh, that quote for work i think about how can i love my employees really well uh, how can i help my employees feel loved by me as their boss or as i think about our customers um, what we strive to do is have our customers feel loved by us as a brand and as a company and so you know whenever they send complaints or like maybe just the the book ended up damaged because of shipping issues um, the question that you know i, I train our customer experience team um, or when we were starting out, like how we chose to respond to our customers was, um, uh, what does it look like to love them well? And um, yeah, we just sort of, our, our, our hope as we think about our, our brand and our customers just to surprise them with love. Um, and so just be really unexpected in things. Um, you know, there are really, really great companies today that uh, are known for their great customer experience, like Zappos, maybe one of them, or American Express being one of them. And um, I think they have given us examples of like tr treating their customer well, loving their customers. And so um, I think for us, that's what we're sort of hoping for, inspired by. Um, I think that's uh, that quote motivates, motivates me um, every day as I live my life and as I continue to grow the business. That's wonderful. I wish every business had the same customer service policy and treated their customers the same as you treat yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And where can our listeners find you and your social handles where they can purchase your product? Yeah. So um, I'm on Instagram. It's Brian Chung, B-R-I-A-N-C-H-U-N-G. I had I just recently also got on TikTok. So that's been a fun space for me. It's Brian underscore underscore Chung, C-H-U-N-G. And um, they can see more of our products at alabasterco.com. So A-L-A-B-A-S-T-E-R-C-O.com or um, Instagram Alabaster CO. Co. That's great. Thank you so much, Brian, for being my guest. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was super fun. Yeah, thank you. That was all for today, guys, with Brian. And thank you so much for listening to Not Basic Blonde podcast. Also, I would like to take a minute and reflect on what's going on right now in the country. And it's totally 
sad and disturbing and i totally believe that black lives matter all lives matter as well and i don't support any racism or discrimination i think that no one should ever be discriminated based on their color religion skin or just anything at all so my message to you is love people love god trust the universe and love yourself I hope you're having a great day, guys. Stay safe. You can always find me on Instagram. It's not basic blonde underscore or NBB podcast. And if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, it would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much, guys. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.